0: Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. <laughs> you know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go Sanders! Go food needs Refill! Harpon Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? Final Four is now set. Oh boy, Final Four, Final Floor. Not, not the most exciting, is it? Here's where you have people that love the underdog. I really like the underdog. Yes, new teams, new blood. Okay. See if you watch. See if you can consume. There's one matchup that can give us a pretty cool national championship game if we get it. In terms of just layout, five versus five, contrasting styles. But does anybody look like they can keep it within single digits at UConn? which adds another interesting point if UConn does win it. So we're going to look at that. Also, the NFL is going to vote whether or not sports books can be open in stadiums throughout the course of the game. It's mind-bogglingly brilliant. It's so smart to do this. And collegiately, they should do it too. So we're going to look at that. And Also, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett starting to creep up the draft board in terms of interest. I think he's going to go in the first three rounds. I'm going to tell you why. Harp on Sports, the bar. Follow, share, like, subscribe. You know the drill. At Harp on Sports, Twitter, at Harp on Sports, Instagram. Harp on Sports. Auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast with the bar. Facebook page, Harp on Sports. YouTube channel, of course. Harp on Sports at Harponsports.com. Okay, final four. UConn is running through this thing like they did 20 years ago. Yukon is is just mowing everybody down in their path. And look, the, the fact that they're skunking good teams by 20, 25 points, the fact that they beat Gonzaga by almost 30, they're just on a different level right now. Now, can that change? You bet it can change. But they remind me a lot of the UConn team that Jimmy Calhoun had back in was it 04, 05? That team that just bludgeoned everybody all the way through the finals 2004 and the fact that they got to the finals and they had a tough game with Duke and then when they just ran right through Georgia Tech that's what it looks like and I think you're going to see something very similar so you have one blue blood in there and it's that blue blood on the outskirts right but with a win UConn will win what their fifth national championship the last quarter century It's the second most of anybody. No, actually, it's the most of anybody during that time stretch. Won it in 99, beat Duke. Won that one in 04, beat Georgia Tech. Won the one in 11, beat Butler. Won the one in, what, 14? Beat Kentucky, and then it'll be this one. Three different coaches, 24-year stretch, five national championships, you look at the rest of college basketball over that time, North Carolina one three. Who else? Duke one three. It's, you know, they have lulls here, but I mean, you're talking about the preeminent program in college basketball over the last quarter century. That's if they get there and win it. And there's just so many contrasting styles. This And, and it's funny because I wrote the... You couldn't have four different teams. By the way, the spread's on these. San Diego State's a two-point favorite. UConn's a five-point favorite. UConn got the best front court in the in the nation. And Sanal averaging 20 points and 10 rebounds a game. He, he's... He, he's that guy. In this tournament. And the only reason he didn't do more against Gonzaga because he was out because they were up so much. So... You have that. You have a three-pack of guards in Miami, right? Wong, Miller, and Pack. You have three guards at Miami. So you talk about a front court against a back court, those contrasting styles in, I think, the Miami-UConn game. Look, the problem with UConn is if you dig yourself a hole, they're going to cook you. You get down seven to ten points on them, you're done. You're done. You're not coming back against them. And Miami has gotten themselves down in a battled back. I don't know how you do that against UConn. In the other game... I, you know San Diego State. They have one player that averages double digits, Matt Bradley, and they're just suffocating. They're they're, they're allowing their opponents to get fifty six points a game. San Diego State, just you know who they are. They're the, they're the Pistons with the in the the Pistons team that won the the NBA title against the Lakers. They're just physical, physical, and they beat on you and beat on you and suffocate you and just beat on you and they're just defensively strong and they're balanced. They don't score a lot. They remind me of those Jets teams that went to the AFC championship game about a decade ago with Mark Sanchez. Just defensively strong as you can get. The problem is you eventually run into a team that can score some points and you're not going to, you just can't, you can't defense your way to a national championship. You can't. Now, FAU is this team that's completely balanced across the board. Um, They do the little things right. They don't turn the ball over a lot. You know, San Diego State's favorite. San Diego State should beat them. They're going to have a San Diego State-UConn National Championship game. And what's amazing about this is the the contrasting styles of these teams. UConn is fast, strong. The, The UConn's got the most NBA players on them of any team left. And San Diego State is just this physical, strong team. So it would be like, the Kansas City Chiefs, the best offense in the NFL, going up against the best defense in the NFL in the Super Bowl. Let's go. But a team that also didn't do much offensively. So, everybody says defense wins championships. You're about ready to find out because San Diego State should win it then. The team with the best backcourt, that's Miami. The team with the best frontcourt, that's UConn. And Florida Atlantic is like this hodgepodge, this complete mixture of all these teams. Could have an all-Florida final with Miami and FAU. But, look, if UConn gets there, and I I don't think it matters if it's San Diego State or Florida Atlantic. I really, really don't. I, I, I see the the Miami-UConn winner winning the national championship by double digits. I don't think it'll be much of a game. I don't. Especially if FAU gets past San Diego State, the physical beating they're gonna take on Saturday to get that done, they have to turn around and take on Yukon. I I think it has the chance to be, you know that what the Baylor game in Gonzaga was a couple of years ago? I, I think it has a chance to be that. 25, 30 points, I do. Yukon's gonna win the national championship. So then there you go with that discussion of where they belong and the stretch run that they've done, and you know. UConn will have their fifth national championship the last 24 years. And the job Danny Hurley's done there. Look, the job Jim has done at Miami is amazing as well. And I bring this up for Gator fans. Look, it took him, what, 13 years to get to the Final Four? His first seven years look a lot, look a lot. I mean, look a lot. Like what Mike White's first seven years looked like at Florida. And he bailed. So said, I can't, look, this criticism's ridiculous. Jim is one of those, they've been very patient with him. You get to the Sweet 16, then a couple years they wouldn't do much. And then they get back to the tournament, get to the Sweet 16, a couple years they wouldn't do much. Get to the Elite Eight last year, come back, run it back, go to the Final Four. Good for Jim Laranega. Extremely likable guy. Extremely likable guy. So, there you go. When it comes to the Final Four. I'm not excited about it at all. I'm not. I'm just not excited about it at all. I take that back. I'm excited about Miami UConn. The other game, eh. Eh. Just not. But if we get a San Diego State UConn game, to me, that's the contrasting styles. Okay. So there's that. The... Overall, the tournament's been great and all the upsets. You never know what's going to happen. I think you're in for a dull Final Four. Uh, Boom, 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 boom. The next thing is something the NFL owners are voting on Monday. You can have a sports book in your NFL stadium. It just can't be open during the game, which makes no sense at all to me. Prop bets are fantastic. And you have this issue about fans staying, fans staying late into the game, everybody going home early. This is one way to solve some of that. How do you get people to stay late? How do you get people to stay to the end? This is one way to do it. You open up a sports book inside. Why? There are prop bets that go throughout the course of the game. Over, under, 80 yards receiving. Over, under, 350 yards passing. Over, under, total points scored, 62 or whatever. This is a way to keep people throughout the course of the game on these prop bets that that end late. Well, it's going to encourage gambling. Yeah, so what? A good thing nobody bet on these brackets. <clears throat> and I saw a couple of responses. Well, the players, this is going to seem weird now with the players. Getting, no, players can't bet on games. Just like Luka Doncic the other night. can't You can't insinuate that the game's rigged by the refs. Just like you can't have players betting on games that have nothing to do with them because they could get inside information. Uh-uh. Well, I bet on teams, but not, not, not my own team, doesn't matter. You can't be betting on games in the league because you have teammates and people that you went to college with that play for those other teams. Too much murkiness, too much dirtiness. Look, if you're an, NBA, if, look, if you're an NFL player and you want to bet the NBA, knock yourself out. And this whole thing, too, about, well, if, if Tony Romo had his fantasy football thing and he got kicked out. Yeah, that was ridiculous. But it doesn't mean you stop progress now. There used to be a lot of things you couldn't do. Now you can do them. There used to be a lot of things that you could do. Now you can't. You have to wear a seatbelt. You used to not be able to. You used to be able to smoke when you're pregnant. Now you can't. You used to be able to smoke on an airplane. Now you can't. Things evolve. Things change. We get faster. We get better. We get smarter. So I love this. It's a way it Look, fantasy football was part of the reason the NFL was able to elevate to a different level because you had interest in every game. Well, this is similar, but you need to do something to keep interest in the stadium. I think every college team should do it too. Interest in the stadium, interest in the game. I can gamble on things. Come on it's going to lead to gambling addiction all for crying out loud Colin Coward had something that was brilliant only 1% only 1% of people that gamble develop a problem 6% of people that drink develop a problem we allow drinking in games don't we come on ridiculous be smart about it there you go I'd love to see it I'd love to see over under you know 300 yards passing, and all of a sudden you go, okay, now we got some skin in the game here in the fourth quarter. We're going to keep guys around. Look, if you want fans to stay in the stands longer, this is one way to do it. Everybody's always upset about fans leaving early, fans leaving early. Well, look, if the sports book's open throughout the course of the game and you can make bets going into the fourth quarter, you're going to keep people around a little bit longer, aren't you? Or they could stay for love of the team. What wrap with this. Stetson Bennett. As many as, depending on agents leaking information and teams and what you hear, Stetson Bennett is starting to draw interest to more teams, upwards of 10 teams could be interested in Stetson Bennett. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't you? I mean, the dude was a winner. He's not as big as the two guys that I'm going to give you, but he reminds me a lot of them. Doesn't Stetson Bennett, he reminds me of a cross between Blaine Gabbert and Kirk Cousins. Now, his arm's not as strong as Kirk. He's not as big as Kirk. But Glenn Gabbard, I think Stetson Bennett is a concoction of those two guys. Very smart. Very accurate. Now, is he Patrick Mahomes? No. He's Jalen Hurts? No. Is he? Is he Trevor Lawrence? No. And nobody's expecting him to be that. But Stetson Bennett is a very serviceable backup quarterback in the National Football League. Now, I think somebody's going to come up in the late 3rd round and grab him. Now, he's not a guy you're going to build your franchise around, but for a team that gets a quarterback hurt a lot or a team that struggles at the quarterback position with health, again, if I am the if I am the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is banged up. If if Stetson Bennett's around in the fourth round and I'm the Chiefs, I'm drafting him. Look what Chad Henney did when he came into in the postseason last year. Stetson Bennett manage a game for a couple of drives. Why not? Now, do I think Stetson Bennett's a good fit in a situation like Miami with Tua Tungaviola? No, I don't. I'll tell you a place where Stetson Bennett may work: the Rams. Matt Stafford, the way that offense is built, they're rebuilding. You bet. Bring it in a situation like that. Stetson Bennett could work with the Rams. Depending on what (laughs) the future holds and how trades take place, I, I look at a guy like Stetson Bennett backing up Russell Wilson in Denver. Stetson Bennett backing up again. You, you try to find the right situation and the right team with what they have Stetson Bennett backing up Justin Fields in Chicago. You bet cerebral quarterback that can come in and do something. You bet. So when I saw this, that Stetson Bennett's got a bunch of, t- yeah, you bet, guys, he'll be a solid, strong quality backup for a decade in the NFL. It couldn't Stetson Bennett can't be Chad Henney. It's just understanding what his role is and what he can do and where he fits and what's the right mold for him. But it doesn't surprise me all that he's moving up the board. Now, the problem with Setson Bennett is if you're drafting him to be your quarterback in the future. No, but look, this has happened before. Kirk Cousins was drafted in the exact same draft as RG3 in D.C. Was it Matt Walsh was drafted the exact same year as Troy Aikman in Dallas? There was never serious consideration to Walsh being the quarterback long-term. But look, there's situations like that where you bring a guy in and over the course of a decade, what can he do? Smart dude. Knows what he's doing. Does that want a backup you want? If you have a fantastic, awesome backup, chances are your starting quarterback's not that good. Nobody ever has a great backup. They really don't. So we'll see what happens with Stetson Bennett. But do I think there's as many as 10 teams interested? Wouldn't surprise me at all. Fourth round? Probably. whatever getting him, could going to have a good, strong, solid backup for at least four or five years. Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio, network, follow, share, like, subscribe, at Harpon Sports, Twitter, at Harpon Sports, Instagram, Harp on Sports. Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, of course, Harp On Sports Facebook page, Harp On Sports YouTube channel, and of course, harponsports.com. Filling in, as I've been doing for a couple weeks now, Shane Matthews, pot up with Matthews in the morning. You can check it out on Facebook every morning, 8 a.m. So i got to thank Shane O and Freddie and the gang for having me in to do that as well. So there you go. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein! Have fun with your friends.